No, you are not on a waiting on a ride at Dollywood. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You hear all these, these this music playing and the speakers are hidden. You're like, where's that coming from? You know, it's in a tree or it's over here, right? Um, I like this time of year. Uh, I like the leaves changing. I like the scenery and all that. I love bluegrass and banjo music. Anybody else in here love that, right? I do. Love it. Um, but we see, we literally, with our eyes, we see change all around us, right? And uh, with, with another sense, uh, with, with feeling, man, anybody wear a coat this morning, right? I mean, you, you sort of feel the change all around you, and in a couple of weeks, um, our time is going to change. And we usually call that, you know, falling back, right? And that's where the idea with the series is. If you do not change your time, if you don't set your clocks back, you're in trouble, right? I know a lot of, with technology and stuff, our clocks and our phones automatically do that. But remember back in the day, you had to get up and do it, <laughs> right? And uh, I remember those days, and there were many times I'm like, you know, I'm, I messed up. But even after that, it's hard to adjust, isn't it? Um, to get used to the to the change, but we set our clocks back, and that's just something that we have to do, and we have to adjust to that change. Um, I think the same thing applies with with some very important things about our faith, right? Uh, there's just some things that are just so important that we need to circle back around on every now and then, and we just got to make sure that we are paying attention to those things and that we're giving attention and focus. Uh, to those things. So in this series, and it'll, we'll be here about five weeks in this series, hopefully, Lord willing, we're going to be talking about some very important things that we just need to make sure that we fall back to, that we need to stay focused on, that maybe it's that time where we need to talk about it again because it's so important. Um, so today, uh, I want to talk to you about this, the importance of the church, the importance of the church. This is just something that I just feel like we need to really, really talk about. Uh, we have our new members class today, and, and it's going to coincide well with that. So uh, I don't know if you've noticed too, but usually around fall time is when lots of um, country churches and things like that do their homecomings, right? Or they'll have a back-to-church Sunday in the fall. You ever wonder why that is? You know, most people are stressing the importance of the church. This is done to get not only new people to come to church, but also church people to realize how important it is. Uh, here's the thing. Many people just don't understand the church. They don't know what it is or um, what its purpose is. And many times Christians don't understand the church, right? Many people don't realize how important the church is, and it is so, so important. And I just want to walk through that with you today. A lot of you are going to say, well, this is, I'm familiar with this. I know this, and that's okay. But you need to hear it again. That's my point. Uh, some of you will be like, whoa, I had no idea. Um, but I th hopefully once we get done today, you'll see, man, you know, the church really is important. And so I want to, here's our fallback. I want us to fall back and I want us to refocus and revisit the importance of the church. Why am I saying this? Because the church is becoming increasingly unimportant out there, maybe even here. And man, so um, 
God has laid it on my heart to begin talking about the church of Jesus Christ and, and, and how important it is to you and me and the world. So I want to begin by defining the church. What is the church? You know, if you were to talk to somebody about the church, if you were to talk, talk to somebody that had never heard of the church, how would you define it? And I think for us, we have to, to start with the definition. What is the church? When I ask you that, what comes to your mind? What do we think of? Uh, naturally, and this is what probably people outside of the church will think, buildings, right? But maybe big buildings in the center of town, big elaborate buildings, maybe steeples, right? Maybe pews, church pews, maybe choirs, people with robes. You remember those days? I remember when people in the choir wore robes, and I never did understand that. I still don't. I mean, it's, I sort of felt like, okay, they can, they're singing at a different level than me. Their, their level of worship is different than mine. You know, um, I don't have a robe. If I did, I wouldn't wear it. But, you, you know, growing up, if you grew up in that, what, what do you think about? Maybe loud preachers. Loud preachers. Loud preachers. Long services. Y'all, y'all think I preach long, man. You just don't know. Two, I'm talking about two, three-hour services, right? You start getting around in some of these other places, two, three-hour services. Or maybe you begin thinking about denominations. Man, did you realize that in the United States, there are hundreds of denominations? Do you, did you realize that globally, the numbers get into the thousands, right? Um, I think many times the church is known for what we're, we're not for, right? What we don't like or what we disagree with or what we're against rather than what the church actually is. We, we are defining the church for folks out there. Maybe ties and long dresses, man, that's the church. That's the church I grew up in. You know, you, you wasn't considered, you know, important in the church unless you had a tie or unless you had uh, khakis and a collared shirt or shirt tucked in. You know, maybe many of you have those same feelings. Or maybe church to you is an experience, good or bad. I've had both. Um, I've, I've had really, really good experiences in churches. But, man, I've seen some really, really bad things in churches as well. Maybe that's you. And uh, those are things that come to our mind when we hear the word church. But none of those things define the church. None of it. None of it. The church is so important. So, so important. So I've got, I've got really two truths to define to help us walk through what the church is, all right? So truth number one. The church is not a human invention, but a divine creation. Not a human invention, but a divine creation. The church isn't something that man came up with along the way. It's a God thing. The church isn't a building, or it's not anything physical. It's not something that was created by man. Although if you look at your history books, if you look at church history, man, we sure did try to think that we come up with it. 
The church isn't a human thing, it's a God thing. More specifically, it is a Jesus Christ thing. Amen? The church is a Jesus Christ thing. It is a divine creation by God through Jesus Christ. And and as we get into our scripture today, some of it's going to be longer than normal, but these these words contain some very deep theological truths, some very important truths, so I may lose some of you. Some of you may fall asleep. That's okay. Just don't snore. Um, but I want you to see that this is not my opinion. I want you to see straight from Scripture that this is God's design, and I want you to see how important the church is. In Ephesians, I love Ephesians, Paul talks about Christians, and he talks about the separation that existed between Jew and Gentile. Jews were, we know that, the people of God in the Old Testament, the chosen people, the chosen race. The Gentiles were anybody that was not a Jew. Okay, that would be you, me, anybody else in this world that was non-Jew. And so they were, they were separated. And Gentiles were not only separated from the Jews, but who else were we separated from? From God. That's a pretty big separation, Right? We, the point Paul is trying to make in this before we get into it is we were far off. We were far off. Look at Ephesians 2.13. We were far off. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Man, that is so good. Look at that phrase, in Christ Jesus. You want to know what the definition of the church is? It's that right there. Is that right there? It is those who are in Christ Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no church. No church exists without Jesus, apart from Jesus, aside from Jesus. It starts with him. And then notice, those who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we get this idea that Jews and Gentiles were separated, right? We, we sort of understand that. But did you know that the Jews were still separated from God? They were, to a degree. I mean, they had the temple. They had to keep their distance. They had to go through priests. There was a thick curtain that separated them from God. So... I know we've read this before as coming from the angle of, well, Paul's talking about just Gentiles here, just us. No, he's talking about everybody, everybody, everybody. We once were far off, because look what he goes on to say, verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. See that? And he's destroyed the barrier, the barrier the separation, the veil between man and God, the dividing wall of hostility, the separation between Jew and Gentile, you see. How did he do that? By setting aside in his flesh the law. What did the law say? Well, you can only come so close to God. You've got to do all these sacrifices to be forgiven. He set aside that in his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations. And look at this right here, such an important phrase. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. You know, in Christ Jesus, the church was born. Born. 
In Christ Jesus, the church began. In Christ Jesus, the two groups, which is just another word for everybody, the two groups became one group, and that was all God. That was none of man, you see. That was all God. He did that. So the church is not a man thing. It's a God thing. It's a divine creation, and and Christ This is amazing when you think about this. Christ came to die for the world. But what does it say according to this? He came to create the church. Do you see that? That was his purpose. That's why he came. A new humanity. A new creation. We talk about that a lot. Paul talks about it in Philippians. That's that's what it means. Not only you individually, but you as a group. You are a new creation, a new humanity. And we have to start right there, guys. The church is about Jesus. It's built upon Jesus Christ. Secondly, the church is not a special place, but a special people. The church is not a special place, but a special people. I know many of us get caught up right here. We sometimes get caught up, and we don't really mean to. I I get that. I get caught up a lot. We say things like, let's go to church. What did you say this morning, right? Or yesterday? We're going to go to church today, right? Or or when we're in conversations with others, we'll ask, well, what church do you go to? You see? For me, well, when I'm talking to people, I work at Community Heights Church. You see, we all sort of get caught up in it, and we, we sometimes don't mean to. And what do we even call this place? The house of God? We treat physical buildings, maybe even rooms, like they're sacred, like, uh, like this, is the, this is the sacred sanctuary, and once you step through that threshold there, oh, you, you can do what you want. Right, but in here, whoa, no coffee, no drinks, no food, no running around. Am I wrong? Look, there's nothing wrong with respecting something. Right, You respect somebody else's house. If you work somewhere, you respect your workplace. There's nothing wrong with respecting or honoring any of those things or revering those things. We know that. But what is it that makes a building holy or sacred? What is it? I tell you, it's not the building. It's not the room. It's not the pews. It's not the steeple. It's not the hymnals. It's none of that. What makes the church sacred and what makes the church special is what is inside. It's the people. I tell you, once once we leave out of here and this place is empty, this place is not sacred. I say, whoa, that's pretty strong language, right? No, this place is important. God's given us this place to take care of. But the specialness is not in the building, it's in the people. You see? The Greek word for church is called ekklesia. And I didn't put it up there because I didn't know if I could spell it right. It's ekklesia. And literally what it means is called out ones. Called out ones. Isn't that neat? Gathering or assembly. The church is not a building or a place, folks. It's not. It's... It's a gathering of special people through Jesus Christ, right? 
um, in this next section of scripture, Peter was talking to Christians. And these Christians were scattered all over the place. Not able to meet together, right, corporately. They were scattered because of persecution and things like that. And so Peter wrote in the midst of this to try to encourage them. Look at 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Look at this, look at this, look at this. His own special people. Special. Special to God. That's what the church is. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, right? This, this sort of corresponds to what Paul was saying. You were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Look, the church consists of people who were once far away. All people who were once far away from God, but have been brought near to God through Christ. So look, we were one thing before Christ, and in Christ we are now something else. We are now something better. Our identity changes because of Jesus. Our destiny changes because of Jesus. We have been saved from something and placed into something much better. We were once not a people, but now we are a church. We are the people of God. Um, I don't know if any of you all had this happen to you. I'm sure many of you did. Maybe getting picked on a team when you were in school, whether it be basketball or anything like that. You know, sometimes I went through that, right? Sometimes you'll get on a really good team. Sometimes you'll get on a bad team. I hated getting on the bad teams, you know. Um, just seemed like they were so negative, you know, they cheated and didn't play about things like that. You know what I'm talking about? This is sort of what Paul, both Paul and Peter were saying in regards to the church. We were on the bad team. We were on the team that was not right, that did everything wrong. And what Jesus did was he came in and he said, hey, you can join my team, the good team. I know some of you are Star Wars geeks, right? Uh, I know who you are. But uh, wh- what is it with the Star Wars thing, anyway? What, what's, what's the battle, right? The dark side and the light side. And what's, what's interesting is in Star Wars, everybody's on the good side, and the, the dark side is trying to pull you in. But you know what, is, what it is in reality? We're on the dark side already. But through Jesus, he's allowed us to cross over into light. You see that? That's that's so good. The darkness has no power over the people of God, over the church, because we belong to Jesus Christ. So first and foremost, the foundational principle of what the church is, is look, we have to understand this. It's a God thing, not a man thing. And it's a special people, not a special place. And so... When we look out, all Christians are a part of this church. We call this um, the capital C church, right? The global church. But what about the local church, you might say? Is that important too? Well, yes, it is. While we are included and a part of the bigger church, we are to be connected and invested in the local church. Why? Why is that? Well, that's what I want to walk through as we close or for the rest of our time together. First of all, you need the local church. You need it. The the local church is so, so important. 
we are to take the local church seriously because seriously, you need it. You need it. The truth is we need to be around other people of God. That's just a fact. We need to be around other Christians. When you think about it, and, and through biblical language, the Bible's pretty clear of what the church is. It's a family. That's why we're called brothers and sisters. They're, the relationships are meant to be close. Yeah, I know we're part of a big global church, but really, how close can you get with that? We're supposed to be relational. We're supposed to be supportive. We're supposed to be loving. How can you love somebody across the globe? How can you love somebody in a different state? Right? You see the complications in that. Look at Hebrews 10.24. And I, we used this verse just a few weeks ago in our social media series, but it really, really applies here too. And let us consider one another... Just look at some of this language here. Consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Look at the language here. Consider one another. How can you do that if you're not part of a local church? Stir up one another. What does that mean? I don't really know, but be hard to stir somebody up if you're not part of a local church. Not forsaking assembling together. Do you see the ecclesia there? Not forsaking the ecclesia, not forsaking the meeting together. And then this this is a funny word, exhorting. Right? That's a that's a funny word. You know what it means? Strongly encourage. You cannot strongly encourage anybody unless you're close to them. Unless you're a part of them. So look, the thing is, we can encourage others all we want outside of here. But the thing is, we need encouragement. You. You. You need encouragement. Yes. You need encouragement. I'm going to say it one more time. You need encouragement. Some of you might think you don't. Some of you might think you're strong enough on your own and you can do things. You need encouragement. We go through some pretty tough times. Things don't always go well in our lives. Sometimes we get down. Sometimes we get depressed. Sometimes we feel like giving up. The enemy fights us every single day. What do you need? You need encouragement. You need the local church. We need help sometimes. We need guidance. We need direction. We need advice. We need wisdom. Proverbs says this, walk with the wise and become wise. You know, I'm all about talking to some people that know a bunch of stuff out there. That's good for world stuff. But for spiritual stuff, you need to walk with the wise in order to become wise. What that says is you don't become wise on your own. That's hard for us to hear sometimes. You walk with the wise in order to become wise. And, and Matthew, Jesus said this, and we use this all the time, but do you really understand it? Do you really mean it? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. 
there I am among them. That's how important the local church is, man. I would rather be around two or three of God's people rather than two or 300 of people far from God. Do you understand me? It is so, so important. You need it. God is in it. God's presence is in it. God's power is in it. We need it. And then it says, all the more as you see the day approaching. We just read right past that. You see, that's a reference to the last day. Okay. Um, The moment when the Lord returns to make things right. And you know what the, the Bible says about that day? That as it gets closer, times will get harder. Okay. Things will get more difficult with each passing day. You know what that means? You need the church now more than ever. Because tomorrow is going to be tougher. Next week will be hard. Next year will be hard. Ten years from now, it will be even harder. As the day approaching, we need to see the church as important, the local church even more. Um, the local church is a family, guys. It's a support system. It's, it's actually a gift from God for our lives. And until he returns to make things right, we need the local church. You, d- you need it. Secondly, the local church needs you. This is sort of a, what do you call that in biology? A symbiotic relationship. Did I say that right? Sort of. You need it, and it needs you. The church is unique in that way, right? Every single one of us are different. You came in here, and you probably said, yeah, we're all different, right? That's no big surprise. There's not one person alike. But you see, in the church, even though we're all different, all Christians have two things in common. We have Jesus Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit. Despite our differences, despite our backgrounds, despite where we came from, despite how we grew up, despite how many times we failed, despite our weaknesses, despite our strengths, we have two things in common, and that is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And so what God does, this is so marvelous how he does this, he operates through the church this way. He takes what we have in common, him and his spirit, and he takes our differences, and he combines those to do miraculous and great and marvelous and wonderful things through his church, all for his glory. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 4. And I want you to notice this language here. There are different, look how how this word's repeated. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for, why is it given? For the common good. For the common good. We use our different gifts, our different services, our different works, our different backgrounds, our different experiences, and we all become united together with the same Lord, the same God, the same Spirit. Why? For the common good. The common good. What that means is for the good of the church. That's for the good of each other. That's not for the good of yourself. I hope you see that. Your gift is not for you. Your God-given talent 
and ability is not for you. It's for the common good. It's for the good of others, the good of the local church. Many of you are using your gifts and talents here. You're using your background and your past experiences and what God's brought you through to this point, and you're allowing God to use your gifts and you're serving the church, and it's amazing. It's great. I'm so thankful for you. We have a great staff here. They are all gifted in so many different ways. We have great volunteers that are just serving, that are just plugging in and doing things. Look, when we are each doing different things in the name of God, great things happen. Not only here within our church family, but outside of these walls. And I want to end with this. The world needs us to be the church. The world needs us to be the the church. We are so much better when we are together and we just be the church. We just be the church. We be it. Look at Ephesians 2.10. For we, and what Paul is saying there is us, right, Christians. He's, He's talking about himself, Christians. For we are God's handiwork. Who created the church? This is not talking about creation in the beginning. No. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, this is the church. This is not talking about six-day creation. This is talking about Resurrection Day Sunday creation. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, God has this goal uh, in mind for the church to be the church because he has great things planned outside of the church, out there. And look, we, Community Heights, we are a major part of his plan. Isn't that great? Man, that's so humbling. That amazes me. There is a lost world out there that God is wanting his church to reach. He is still growing and building his church, folks. He is. The church in Acts, you know where they met? The, the early church in Acts, they met in homes. They didn't meet in a building with a steeple. They met in different homes. As much as they could, as often as they could. They assembled, because they were the called out ones, when and where they could. They were devoted to each other. They loved each other. They, they served each other. They sold their possessions and helped each other out. That's crazy, isn't it? They, they got together and they worshiped God together. And, and look, not only did their lives change, but God moved in mighty ways. And, and if you're just a little bit familiar with this story, you know what I'm talking about. They were the church, and outside of that, God did miracles with people. Thousands of people saw this and said, I want to be a part of that. What is that? The church was being the church. I mean, people's lives were changed forever, forever. That's how the local church needs to be. That's how we need to be. We need to be the church so others can see the church. Does that make sense? So look, our, our fallback for today, our go to the button and push it and focus in on it is this. We are to see the church as important. It is. I'm afraid many of us feel like it's just optional. I feel like going to church today. I don't know. No, not really. Hey, guess what? I don't feel that way a lot. 
we got to start thinking about what the church actually is and how God saved us from darkness and pulled us into light and how when we come together, we are better together than we are apart from each other. And where two or three are gathered, do you know what? God is there with us, with us among us. The church is important. Through it, God created a special people. And through it, God is changing the world. So I want you to see the church as important. And listen, I want you to see that you are an important part of it. Um, I don't think I've done a good enough job with this. I don't think preachers or pastors in general uh, do a good enough job in explaining this. Um, you, you might think you're too young, right? What can I do? How can I help out? Um, number one, you can attend. You know how you show the importance of the church? You come here. You, you come here when you can. You make it a point to come here. You attend. You, you serve where you can. And how about this? How about when you're in school or you're at practice or anywhere? How about you invite your friends? You, yeah, I'm serious. That, that's showing that you think the church is important. Is if you invite your friends. You might think you're too old. You're, you're, what can you do, right? Here's where I don't think we've done a good enough job of explaining this. You're never too old. You're never too young. If you're alive, you're important. And you can play a big difference. You can make a big difference. You can attend. Your, your presence here, if you're older, means so much. I know you might have more pains, more aches, right? It might be harder to climb up steps, whatever. Your effort to get here matters. I'm thankful for you. You know what else you can do? If God's got you in this position, you can give. You can give. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in this church. I might not be able to do the things that I used to, but I'm going to come and I'm going to give. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to pray. That's all I could ask. That is all that I could ask. To pray for this church, to pray for the people that go here. Wow, that's great. We need it. If you are breathing right now, <laughs> you're an important part of the church. You are. You're so important. You need it, and it needs you, and the world out there needs to see us being the church. Amen? All right. And look, if you don't know Jesus Christ, he came to make this opportunity for you. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity. And he did that. And he invites you to come. Will you do that today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message today on the importance of the church. Father, we recognize this is your church. This isn't a place. This is not a building. This is a people and it's your special people. You came and you died and you rose again specifically to make the church so that we could have a relationship with you so that we would no longer be separated from God so that we would be pulled out of darkness and into your marvelous light, not only now but forever. Father, help us to be, just be thankful for that, first of all. 
when we leave here today, may we not talk about the sermon or even about music or anything else like that, but help us just to say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Father, help us to see the importance of the local church. And many of us think we got it, we can take care of ourselves or we don't need help or whatever, but the truth is we need the church. We need to be around others that have you and your spirit in common. We need encouragement. We need support. We need wisdom. We need love. Father, the church needs us, needs people to use the gifts that you have implanted in each and every one of us, that you've prepared works, goals in advance for us to do. Help us to be willing just to give our lives and say, God, you, you created me. You created me once, and through Christ, you created me anew. I'm yours. Use me how you want. Father, I pray we would do that today and that others would see us and come to know you. I pray for the person that is far off from you right now, that they would see you as their Lord and Savior, that you died for them, that you love them, and that you invite them to come to you as they are. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus.